It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Back cut, Gordon Hayward to the rim, rock the casbah! Volume slam dunk G-time! You are locked on jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 14th of February. The Jazz lose their third straight and look fairly lifeless. EKG went flatline. We'll try to figure out what's happened to the Jazz in their last two ball games, where things stand, and move forward. It's all coming up, plus a look around the NBA on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're great. Uh, hope Valentine's Day is good for you. Hope you listen this early in the morning and you say, oh, shoot, I forgot, or something of this sort. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Always nice to have Devin on board. Uh, good, have another good story, but from from a locked on uh, listener about Devin Cash. Those are always cool. And we'll do our pins across the world, and we'll try to digest what just happened uh, with the Jazz. This is your daily podcast about the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's just get it started. There's no need to. We can. Dilly daddle all around and do all this other stuff and try to tell you all these other things to but let's go let's go check our pins. See what we find. See if we can find somebody who makes us laugh. Let's go to Timothy Tapana. You can put a pin in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Waterford, Texas. I'm going to a small medical school in eastern Tennessee. Found out this morning I'll be having residency in Waterford, Texas. I grew up in Salt Lake. I'm a lifelong jazz fan. My fondest memory was watching John hit the game winner over Houston. I was on a mission in Japan when I heard the news and about John retiring. I almost cried there in the library reading my email. Thank you for the show. It's helped me feel connected even though I'm far away. Hopefully I'll be able to say hi when the Jazz play the Mavericks in the next couple of seasons. That's from Timothy. Congratulations on your medical school work. Congratulations uh, on that, and uh, look forward to seeing you in Dallas. Well, well, boys and girls, welcome to today's edition of Locked on Jazz. And I don't have an answer for you. Uh, we've been really bad the last two games. Uh, that's... That's the best I've got for you. Down 29 last night. Uh, down uh, more, uh, uh, 20 against Boston. And you go back to up 21 against Dallas when things fell apart. And since uh, you know, since losing that 21-point lead, losing by 8 to uh, Boston and then losing by 16 last night. The Jazz been outscored by 40 points over the last 10 quarters of basketball. And 
Boston adds some matchup elements to it. Dallas was a momentum thing that got started, and the, the we just didn't have the knowledge or personnel on the floor to stop it. And I don't have any. Last night, the Clippers came out with the experience and understanding that they were gonna they were gonna send a message and win a playoff series last night if they could, and they might have done it. Uh, we'd now play them two more times between now and and the playoffs, and you know the Jazz have got a hold of the four or five seed if they're gonna match up. Uh, Clippers have a brutal schedule in March, as do we. Uh, so for all we know, we're gonna be five six, and Memphis is gonna be four. But the but I, there's an element where the Clippers may have done exactly that last night. Where, I mean, they came in to just say, you know, we're going to whoop you up and we're more experienced and stronger and bigger and beat the crap out of you. And uh, and they did it. And the Jazz just could not have been further off rhythm. Could I mean, and it's the second or third quarter stretch again which is not entirely new this season, by the way. The second quarters have been pretty miserable offensively. Last check I had, the Jazz were 29th in the NBA offensively in second quarters of games. Uh, But the the Clippers just got into the Jazz, and when you're missing shots at the alarming rate that the Jazz were – it it means something's out of rhythm. So, you know, against Boston, it was kind of one thing you could say, well, we're just missing shots. And, and to some extent, that's true. On the other extent, you might decide to say, well, Boston's done something that's sped you up or, or the way they're defending is doing something to you that is making it so that you're, that you're missing those shots. Uh, by the way, we're 26th in second quarter defense now, or second quarter offense. Uh, we're second best defensively usually, but uh, last night I think that applies as well. The previous thought, which is that I mean, it, there, there's one element you're just missing shots when your effective field goal percentage is 34.5 percent. Uh, the other one is that you have you're 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 either physically being pushed off your mark, um, you're being sped up, something of the sort is taking place that is making it so that that you're as poor as you are that night. Uh, and and I, I think you've, you've got to understand that uh, was taking place a little bit. And that, I th- you know, Gordon Hayward goes 2 of 12, George Hill goes 2 of 11. You, you're not going to win. But there's also, it's not just missing shots. Something else, something else was askew. Um, and I think that's, you know, at least worth being aware of. You know, I don't think we're right. I don't, I don't want to make a big deal. I mean, we need All-Star break. I think we need to get away from each other. Um, I think it'd be nice if we didn't have to play another game before All-Star break. I think something that Quinn's talked about all year long was, has inevitably happened a little bit and why it suddenly has, you know, it's easy, why it wasn't present uh, when we were playing so well in Atlanta and New Orleans, and suddenly his presence now, I don't have an answer. But that is, if you just kind of look down the roster, 
Derek Favors probably doesn't love the way his role right now. Hayward's probably fine with it. Ingles is probably fine with it. Gobert always just wants more. I mean, he's he's really trying to be an offensive player right now, which um, you know is not really who he's he is. I mean, he took twelve shots last night. Like that's um, that's skewing in a different direction than I think most people uh, think of Rudy. I mean, Rudy clearly, whether it's not making the All Star game or just wanting to make growth in his game or just his competitive zest. Um, is seemingly more interested offensively uh, recently in trying to make plays offensively than uh, he has been. You, you know, you also can't afford to just be a zero offensively. Let's not kid ourselves. That's um, that's not going to do anyone any good. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he should just sit there and uh, and you know not not take shots or not be active, but there's been a, particularly in the last few games, there's been an element of kind of forcing. And if you kind of look at his year, he, he took five and a half shots in November. He took six and a half shots a game in December. He took eight and a half shots in January. Now he's taking nine shots a game, right? So um, he has made a really conscious um, effort to increase his offensive game, his shooting percentage has gone from 65% in November to 78% in December to 57% in January to 55% in February. So that's that's on a fade uh, over the last seven games. Could be defenses, but it's also, you know, he's he's trying to develop new aspects of his game. So he, he's trying to take a, a larger role, I think. Um you know, I think George Hill is probably um, content with his role. And then you, you just kind of, each guy probably, you know, if you look, Dante probably wants, personally wants a little bit more than he's getting. Trey Lyle certainly wants more than he's getting. I'm sure Joe Johnson wants more than he's getting right now. Um, I'm sure Boris Diaz wants to play a little bit more than he's getting. I mean, Boris, you know, I love the way we characterize Boris. He's this sweet 35-year-old who's, um, you know, got this great personality and these great other interests. Like, he's still a professional athlete who's highly competitive and wants to play. Uh, so, when you, you know, an A.B. is trying to find himself, but I'm sure he would like more than 22 a night. I know Lyles does not like, you know, it's obvious. You can just look at Trey Lyles and tell he's not happy with how he's being used right now. And and I think that's eating us away a little bit. That's what happens this time of year. That's, you know, teams are tired and uh, they've played a lot and there's a break sitting there looming just away and then you come back and you got 27 games left and you try to put all those things aside and coaches make tougher decisions and stop placating people and and we just need the break we just we need to get get separated from each other and get uh out there the other one i think that's worthwhile question on this group is did they just put a bunch of pressure on themselves and not be able to handle it uh i i don't have any idea on that but i think it's a worthwhile question in that we've uh this is not a team that has, as I've said n- numerous times, ever won a game that they had to win. Uh, and I, I don't mean that critically. I, I just that's the truth of where this group is. They're where you know sitting fifth in the West and uh, knocking on these doors and having these aspirations is incredible. And I can't say how impressed I am that that the team has gotten to that point uh, already uh, in this season and suddenly made us think about winning a playoff series. But you know when you kind of Consider the experience level of a team we played last night, the Clippers, and what they've been through, or Memphis, who's in a similar circumstance to where we are. It's it's laughable. 
you know, we just we've never we we don't have a win that our guys can look back at in a big game and say, oh, we got that. I, I feel good about that. Now, all right, I'm going to use that as my reference point by which to know how to make the right plays tonight. But just that doesn't exist in our repertoire. That doesn't. We don't have that life experience yet. That's why Boston's yet to win a playoff series. That's why Toronto's yet to win a playoff series. The, and and I wonder a little bit if we looked at that that schedule here and said, all right, six games, and let's go. Let's see if we can go win all six. These are big, and boy, this you know Boston's a big one. We got the Brad Stevens factor going on that one, and then the Clippers one's really big, and and we got tight. Might just gotten tight. We just we're not we didn't look at all like ourselves. That's there's there's no no question to that. Uh, Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate has been uh, sponsoring Locked On Jazz for he was kind of one of the first, which I thank him for immensely. And uh, periodically, I then get these little emails from various Locked On listeners who've used Devin uh, and Devin Cash and Equity Real Estate, and they're fun. So Andrew Thornson. Just uh, sent me a little note uh, the other day. I wanted to let you know that September of 2016, my wife and I chose both to sell and purchase a home with Devin Cash because of your advertisement on Lockdown Jazz. Earlier in 2016, I had worked with two other realtors, one of which would take a day or two to get an appointment on a house, and in this market, usually the house would no longer be available. The second was very impatient, pushed me to make several offers, stating we would always pull back the offer if we changed our minds or were not sure, and then we proceeded, then would proceed to get upset when I would pull back an offer. This was a very stressful experience. We decided to pull out of the market altogether. I was listening to your podcast and heard the advertisement for Devin Cash. Immediately gave him a call. Working with Devin was a wonderful experience. He would pick us up at our house on the same day that we found a house that we wanted to see. He was so patient, told us he had clients who had taken up to a year to offer on a house. I never once felt pressured or guilty when we chose to not offer on any of the three houses we would see in the same day. And we probably 20 or more houses in the span of a month. Once we found the house of our dreams, we worked hard to, he worked hard to help us make a quick offering, get our house on the market. Our home uh, was under contract in a week for 10K more than we'd expected. Uh, when all the sales were final, we spoke about season tickets I'd covered in my whole life. I spoke to him about having a young family and the concern I had leaving them two or f- to four nights a week since our house is in Clinton. Instead of getting tickets, he offered a one of several home housewarming gifts of the same value of season tickets and my wife and I uh, chose to get an 80 inch curved 4k tv I now enjoy all the jazz games for the comfort of my beautiful basement with my wife can enjoy uh, with me the whole process was a dream come true and I thank you for sharing Devin cash with our family so if you're in the market for a home or uh, thinking about selling your house or looking into it then give Devin cash a call Devin's a a really terrific guy. His number is 801-759-1495. 801-759-1495. That story right there from Andrew is, is a reoccurring story that we got from Zach Campbell and we've gotten from others uh, as well. So uh, if you're in the market, and also Devin says, hey, if you're, if you're just kind of wondering what the market looks like, he'll, he'll do a market analysis for you without uh, any responsibility. So call Devin, 801-759-1495. All right, so going forward, um, you know, I think Portland will be interesting to see home teams never play well in the final home game before the All-Star break. That's 
That's kind of just a standard one I've watched for years. Home teams lose uh, at a much lower rate on the final home game uh, before the All-Star break. That's, you know, for what bags are packed, families are ready to go, all that kind of stuff. Um, you spend the day trying to get ready. You're going to leave first thing in the morning. You might even be taking a red eye out, and uh, and that happens. And so that's, you know, coupled that with the fact that we're playing terribly. Uh, I, I don't know what we see uh, against Portland. This team has generally bounced back pretty well, but that was a bounce-back chance last night. And they just got, you know, physically taken out of the game and beaten up and uh, just – Never had the offensive rhythm. There, there is a thought that for us to be successful and run our stuff, we've got to be really sharp. Our, our stuff's more intricate than most people, uh, more detailed, got a lot of actions going on. And so we've for us to be really good, we've got to be sharp. And if we're not sharp, then it all bogs down a bit. And uh, and I think that's clear right now that we're not particularly sharp. And, and so that does... It does bog everything down uh, offensively. You know, I'd, I'd go back and probably rewatch that game and try to figure out, you know, four of 23 from three, 32%. At some point, you just collectively, you've lost your mojo. And I, I do feel like that's a little bit where we are. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I think Portland will be interesting. Portland's going to come with those guards. It's always been a tough matchup. You know, brings the big out on the floor more than we like to do. Uh CJ and Dame have been tough matchups for us. They're both having great years. Portland can't win a game for the, they lost again last night. They just can't buy a game, a uh, particularly close one right now. Things are just not breaking their way, and uh, we'll be curious to see uh, how we how we work on things. And you know, we and then Quinn's got to go to the drawing board and try to figure out. Okay, we got twenty some out of these left. What it, what are we? Who are we? Um, you know, one thing that's happening right now is that that. Uh, that lineup of Joe Johnson at the four with Rudy at the five, which has been so good, doesn't get on the floor. Because right now, Joe Johnson is playing predominantly his minutes uh, as the backup to Gordon Hayward. And so, you know, last night, um, we've, we got Rudy Gobert, Alec Burks, Gordon Hayward, Joe Johnson, George Hill on the floor. Uh, for about a minute and a half in the second quarter, and they with Joe at the five, and we didn't get outscored. Then Favors came in, and that lineup uh, was not a um, noise. Then Boris Diaw came in uh, into the game. Joe Johnson checked out, and then that lineup you know never plays again. Uh, we end up with a, a variation of that lineup in. But with Trey Lyles, so no, we never we went Derek Favors. Yeah, we never got we never got to it again. And so you're just you know, this is one of our best lineups we have. And we're just not getting to it a little bit because of personnel right now. And to get to it probably means not playing Trey Lyles or Boris D out again. Maybe not playing both, frankly. Uh and you've got to figure out whether that's something uh that that you can do is just, is the right choice or not uh, if you're trying to get everyone the minutes they need to. So there's there's some tough decisions that have to be made. Val- uh, getting out of here and getting to All-Star break, I think, will help um, help us a great deal. Uh, one note from last night. I, I don't know if you saw what Denver did. 
but Denver blew out the Warriors by 22 last night as they hit 24 threes. I think they hit 16 of them in the first half. They went 24 of 40 from three. Their offense is... Been number one in the league here for some time. Jokic last night, 17 points, 21 rebounds, and 12 assists. 17 points, 21 rebounds, and 12 assists for Jokic last night. They also got 27 from Herman Gomez, 23 from Nelson, uh, 24 from Will Barton. Uh, They... They did not have Emmanuel Moutier, and the less they have Emmanuel Moutier, frankly, the better uh, that they are. That, that, that's, that's a reoccurring element to them, and, and that's a struggle. They're going to have to figure that out. Uh, otherwise, Milwaukee got a nice win last night over Detroit. Detroit um, kind of you keep waiting for them to click in, uh, and, and they have not done so consistently. But Milwaukee got a, a good win last night as they try to figure out who they are without Jabari Parker. Uh, they're starting Michael Beasley and Thon Maker. Chris Milton's only giving them 18 minutes a night. They're really shorthanded, so I'm not sure that, that they're a real threat, but that's a that's a good win for them last night. Uh, Charlotte continues to fall. They, they've just their world of hurt. They lost 105-99 last night to Philadelphia, uh, as, and Philadelphia's hardly playing anyone. Uh, Okafer and Embiid are out. Okafer to trade Embiid because of the knee. And... Uh, and you know, as long, and Zeller is still not playing. When Zeller doesn't play, for whatever reason, that Hornet team is just is not very good. So that's you know. And then Washington, Oklahoma City missed twenty four straight shots last night. So they they had a collective night, just like the Jazz did. You know, there's there's a chance we just have had two bad nights back to back, and against good teams. You know, it's lost at home to the Clippers, Oklahoma City, and Memphis, which is tough. Those are those are tough. Uh, if we're trying to drive up the Western Conference standings, those are home games that are difficult that you really would like to, um, that you you certainly need to to win, and we have not done so. So it's it's gonna you know we got to right the sh- get get through the next one, get to break, hit the reset button, and see if we can get some mo- get that mojo we had just a week ago uh, back. That is today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.